Saltos Universidade Lusófona. Conversations around the diversity of Portuguese cinema and the festival's focuses and retrospectives. In this edition, dedicated to new trends, subgenres, and ways of making cinema. Okay, well, um, welcome to uh, this um, panel discussion um, as part of Indie Lisboa Industry Talks. Um, we are uh, sitting here uh, and uh, talking about new matters and languages deconstructed cinema. Uh, my name is Uli Simons. I am um, one of the co-directors of the Forum Expanded section at the Berlinale. And uh, I am here with four filmmakers, um, which I will, whom I will uh, quickly introduce. There's uh, Silvia Desvadas. She's a filmmaker, researcher, curator, and professor. In her film, The House Is Not Yet Built, uh, won the award for Best Portuguese Short Film at Indie Lisboa in 2019. Her most recent film is a feature-length film called Luz Clarao Fulgor. And then there's something in brackets that I <laughs> am, uh, am blanking on. It's from 2020, and she is um, the co-founder and programmer of Cinema Fulgur, which we will hopefully speak a bit about. Um, so filmmaker, he's taking part in Indisboa this year with his film Supernatural, which premiered at the Berlinale Forum uh, earlier this year. And um, his previous short films have shown widely uh, at international festivals. Among them is uh, Flourish, made in 2017, which also was awarded here at the festival uh, with the New Talent Award. Um, we also have Friederike, one half of Neozun, um, uh, the duo Neozun. Um, Neozun have been producing mostly, I don't think exclusively, but mostly found footage uh, video works uh, for cinema and gallery exhibitions, um, which um, are uh, a lot of times sourced from images uh, found on the internet um, and with a special focus on human-animal relations. And their film Fragments is part of the Light Cone uh, special program presented here at Indie Lisboa this year, which brings us to the fifth uh, member of the group, Emmanuel Lefranc, um, director of Lightcone, a Paris-based distribution initiative for experimental cinema, and uh, also a filmmaker and film performer in his own right, working with analog film, which he um, produces, completely produces himself. And he's a part of the collective Nominoe that creates analog film and uh, projection performances. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, we have three mics. We, we will share, uh, try and share the mics. Um, OK, so uh, we were asked to speak about, as I said, new matters and languages, deconstructed cinema, and about different types of raw material that is used uh, in, uh, in uh, your cinematic practices, be that uh, found footage sourced from different uh, sources, um, uh, the internet, TikTok, uh, memes, um, or um, analog archival footage, uh, amateur um, video, um, and um, also we want to talk about um, the different venues and spaces, contexts that these um, 
uh, works are shown in. So I think all of you work across disciplines in some way or other, um, and uh, maybe we'd start uh, with that. Um, maybe, Georges, we could start with you. Your, your last film grew out of a performance project, actually. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. So your work in film and performance and how these sort of mutually influence each other. Mm -hmm. Hello. Future. <laughs> I, I was coming here uh, for this talk, and I was thinking that actually, um, well, I have this film presenting right here in, in Lisboa that it's called Supernatural. And I was thinking that the thing that is less natural for me is the act of shooting. Um, I never feel uh, comfortable uh, with a camera. Or I feel that the camera is always very invasive and it, it's quite complicated for me uh, always the act of, of shooting. And actually, when where I feel more comfortable, it's in the process of editing, which actually is the opposite of what I think most of the filmmakers and directors, uh, they, they, it's the opposite of what they, what they normally think about. Uh, because normally the editing is always a process that it's very, that they struggle a lot, that they deal with their own insecurities. And I feel that during editing is the process that I can feel more free. But to be able to have that type of freedom during editing, I, I need to go to this process of, of shooting. Um, because I, I also work as the editor for other filmmakers. But there is always this, um, it's very different to work on the editing of, other, of, of another filmmaker and edit on my own uh, images. And so when I'm shooting, actually I think, I always, I always pretend um, that it's not me who is making the films itself. So I connect a lot with, um, when, I'm, when I'm editing, I'm editing uh, some images and sounds that I always think that I, it wasn't me who made them. Like I could be edit uh, found footage or things from the internet. And actually also the, the internet and, and this free access to, to a lot of different mediums, it's a big part of my, of my work. Because since I'm on a computer editing a film, at the same time, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram just taking just taking time and, and forgetting what I'm, that I'm working. Mm -hmm. So immediately everything starts to be everything. Uh, so when I, one of uh, an idea that I see on TikTok with, uh, with someone crying, crying, for example, I, always, I immediately put it in, in, in my film or a sound that I hear somewhere on the computer, I bring it to the, to the film. And so the, my process of working, it's, it's connected with the process of me being in a computer. Um, another thing, it's about uh, the formats that I use. And I believe that in my work, form is not, all, it's not 
it's, it's never about the form itself. So the form comes from the process of, of what I'm thinking. For example, in this film, my, 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 my last film, this Supernatural, um, I knew that I, I, I needed to have different, um, different perspectives. And what I feel when I have, when I have one type of camera is that uh, we only have a very specific type of uh, look or uh, way of looking at one thing. So I, and, and I was working with, and I knew that I wanted to work with a lot of different bodies. And when I'm saying bodies, I'm, 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 I'm talking about human bodies, uh, the sea, animals, flowers, etc. different type of images. So I needed to, to have in the medium itself these different types of views and these types of, uh, of bodies, because every camera, it's a different body. And so since I'm not, I don't have this natural way of having a camera, I started to think about cameras that could be in the most natural way for me. So I knew that all of the cameras that I was going to use on the film needed to fit in my hands. So it would be um, um, a phone, uh, a mini DV from the 90s, a Super 8 camera, um, etc. So that the camera would have a connection with my own body and with my own perspective. And, but the question was not about this, right? The question was about performance and cinema. Yeah, but I'm this sorry. is also already very interesting. You know? Feel free to just steer it in. But maybe we can change because I'm, I don't want to talk more maybe, right now. But, yeah, yeah. but maybe picking up on what you said about this idea of you know, these different types of bodies and how they relate to each other in different ways, I think that's maybe something where we can connect to Neo Zun's uh, work, you know, this, this relation that is sort of like you're looking at these hierarchies that that exist between humans and animals and how they are maybe sometimes inverted and um, and you do that through a lot of as I said the um, footage that comes from the internet and it's mostly um, I think it, it's this user generated footage it's it's not right so um, so maybe yeah, uh, maybe uh, you can you can talk a little bit about that. Like, what is what is the the interest in that type of footage as opposed to other found footage, you know, uh, uh, practices that rely heavily on sort of like industrially produced uh, images. So yeah, we are always more interested in the uh, cameras of the others. So uh, I'm I'm interested in the what are they saying what are they thinking about themselves and how do they present them themselves of course in the internet and you can name it it's always youtube and um, there uh, is a development in the last years or last 10 years uh, more and more in the selfie uh, thing more and more always to put the camera on yourself on, on themselves and uh, concerning the film here in the program, I don't know if you refer to that, the pra Fragments film, no more to the human-animal related. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's not so much about uh, how they, uh, how people look at 
maybe of course no okay i'm struggling it's um yeah how how they look at an uh, another species and at uh, other species mm -hmm. so that's really interesting for us and um we are always interested in this human animal relationship and uh, how they display how this is displayed uh, and um we are doing uh, kind of uh, collage out of that and uh, in my opinion, there's so many footage out there, and uh, it's absolutely not necessary to contribute more. So really, I mean that. And I think it's economical and ecological at the same time to do that. Um, it's a thinking that is developed by many found footage filmmakers. Yes, like sure. in this era where we produce images in one day, yeah that is more numerous than what we were able to produce in one century before. Yeah. What do we need to shoot? I mean, if you go to Venezia, uh, all the images you're going to shoot have been shot by some other people before you, obviously. So. Yeah, of course. That's what I would like to say. That's, that's <laughs> the reason. It's uh, yeah, economical and ecological also. Ecological thinking is uh, very, very important for us. and. Um, yeah, and by the way, I don't have the time to <laughs> do it by myself. And it's it's you can't do this. Uh, you can't do this with actors. It's not the same. It's also a content thing. It's yeah. not absolutely yeah. not interesting to do this. Uh, so, yeah. I, I wanted to react on uh, yeah. just a quick uh, parenthesis, but uh, on what you said, the fact that uh, the camera is very invasive and. Uh, so this idea of the camera being the prolongation of the body and then using uh, your phone or whatever small device. I have a friend um, teaching visual art, visual studies in Germany, and um, he had this exercise with the students. And uh, they only, so they could do anything they wanted, but the only constraint he, he gave to those students was uh, if you use your phone, then you don't come back with vertical images. And is uh, the reason behind was because the human body, we have on our face two eyes that are horizontal, not vertical. And I was um, thinking of few film fragments where it's interesting because I think the constraints this professor gave to his students may be a little bit too much because especially in your film, you can embed those vertical images uh, to uh, fit the, the, the rectangle that is horizontal. So I, th I thought it was interesting to point this out. Yeah, mm. yeah. maybe like these sort of self-imposed self constraints that can be made very productive. Uh, maybe that's something where we can bring in you, Sylvia, because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're working um, exclusively on 60 millimeter film when you shoot yourself mm -hmm. and you and I think you you shoot a l I mean you shoot yourself and it seems like you are enjoying this process uh, more than Josh <laughs> I don't know um, and maybe um, yeah can you talk a bit about that sort of decision on mm -hmm. on this sort of like format side and uh, maybe um, also um, Tell us a little bit about the joys of uh, shooting, and uh, Georges can maybe <laughs> overcome his his anxieties. Um, well, I, I shoot primarily on 60 millimeter. Um, I started with Super 8, and I also in school, in art school, I 
I, I work with video, but uh, 16 is really my my medium <laughs> of, of choice, and I and I also edit uh, on the Steenbeck and uh, until the this new film uh, that I've been working in in the past years, um, the sound was also analog. Um, it's also edit on you know Mag and. Uh, uh, but for this this project now is is digital, which is interesting and uh, complicated at the same time. Um, what can I say? Um, I really enjoy filming, shooting myself with the sixteen millimeter camera, and uh, editing is much more. Is where I find <laughs> <laughs> all the troubles. <laughs> And um, but I think with the with the film that I that I've been working now for I don't know three years maybe more, Luz Clarão Fulgor or Light Plays Fulgor Algories for a Non Hierarchical Framing and Flourishing. Uh, that's the, the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I found more freedom in in making films in the way that I'm feel constantly. Filming and uh, editing and uh, sharing the film, uh, and not having not having the obligation to uh, to have a, a finished film that becomes very much uh, a product mm -hmm. that then is shown in circulates in festivals uh, mostly. Or um, I'm with this film. She's also uh, two screens. Um, and uh, three uh, in the last last version, uh, showing this film that I called filming in metamorphosis, uh, that is taking different shapes and sh being shared with different soundtracks or different lengths, different that uh, also um, evolves as life. Um, I find more freedom. I don't know. And I was surprised that festivals wanted to pro to, to program it, um, but of course I'm not oppo opposed to festivals. But um, I'm find more freedom in. I think we have to think where where films should circulate or can circulate, and it's interesting that you know we can show it in the gallery, of course, but in the streets or in industrial buildings or in a cellar or farming places or in the fields or. And I'm I'm interested in in that that uh, having mobile boots that the film itself can can be more free also in the ways it's circulated and it's shared. Um, yeah. Is it though when you say that um, it is several screens, is it is it um, is it a type of performance? So you, are you operating the projectors? Do you have to be present for the projection of the film? Yes, at this point, yes. There's two projectors or three, and uh, and I read also. There's a live reading, and um, and when the when my collaborator Robert Blatt, uh, who is a sound artist, uh, is present uh, or not, sometimes the sound is live or. Uh, and pre-recorded it also. But, uh, it depends. Mm. It, uh, every screening is slightly different or com more, more dramatically different. But uh, yeah. I think that's an interesting um, sort of idea, or this, it's an interesting question. The question of how do these works then circulate in the different forms that can take, uh, sometimes sort of predicated on 
for example, in the case, I mean, I know, Emmanuel, you work also on analog film, and uh, you uh, prefer showing it also um, analog, um, if possible, but it becomes, you know, it becomes rarer that this is possible, and this is sort of like one restriction, even though it is sort of like in a, in a format that used to be a standard uh, at some point, right? Um, so that maybe you can talk about that, but I would also be interested in this idea, especially if you are working you know, with these images that are circulating on the internet, how you feel about then reinserting your, you know, your works that you, your combinations of these or deconstructions of these back into that cycle, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been working in analog film for the past 20 years, shooting on Super 8, 16 and 35. But it's true. I found I found it very frustrating lately. Um, so you you were there uh, in uh, IMAF at Nostabruck. I think that was maybe the only thirty-five print of the whole competition. I was a little bit suspicious about uh, is the screening gonna go all right? And so I, I went uh, to the screening booth uh, before and asked the two projectionists about um, making a test. And the projector was already loaded. I said, well, there's two things that you really need to uh, pay attention to. The focus and the image has to be centered because it starts with a little dot. And if it's not perfectly focused, then the first first 20 seconds are going to be out of blurry, out of focus. And they showed me, they were very convincing. They showed me it's exactly, we did a test. This is exactly how it's going to happen. And the screening started, and the, the, the point was not in the middle, and I was blurry. Uh, so that's a good lesson. Even uh, if people tell, are telling you it's exactly like this, you should tell them, well, then show me. Um, but it's not on the only frustration. It's uh, now you have, um, so your film is screened inside a program, and um, so the savoir faire is going away. Uh, I do a lot of screenings in Paris. I always uh, project the films myself. I mean, not my films, but the films that I screen or program through Lycon. And uh, so the projectionists, they know how to press play on a DCP player, basically, but they don't know how to use the 35 projector anymore. And most of the time, there's no 16 projector uh, in the booth, no longer. But I remember the film before. It was uh, the Pays Dévasté. It was a Cinemascope uh, 35 print. And um, most of the times when I was showing it in uh, festivals, it was on a you know 69 screen. So you have like the youngers, may, they may have shot on film, but they finish on DCP. So the image is super bright, and it takes the whole space on the screen. And then you have your 35 cinemascope uh, print uh, that you paid a fortune for, and it's smaller because it's like a little stamp because you don't have the, the width on the screen and uh, the projector is slightly out of focus and uh, the lamp since it hasn't run for a long time the lamp is not as powerful as the DCP projector so it, it I found it very frustrating but still maybe I have like the discourse on an old uh, dude um, like uh, looking at the past but <laughs> I still feel different when I see a film projected on film uh, I still like the vibration the obturator uh, the movement of um, of the film strip inside the projector's gate uh, so I'm very attached to that to me it's like a very different way of um, 
showing uh, moving images. So I'm still attached to that. But yeah, it's becoming harder and harder every day. Quickly, just want to, um, um, but would you think that, um, I mean, there are places or there are initiatives by filmmakers like yourself who are working with the me with this medium to kind of, also, they're working at preserving the knowledge also, you know, and making it still available. But do you feel that, you know, speaking also about this, uh, okay, there's the festivals and there's museums, art spaces that, all, that more and more also show moving image and there's also an interest in analog film there, I feel, but do you feel that there, there, that's the space where that knowledge is kind of, that could be a space where that knowledge is preserved, or is that not the case? In, in I think it's going way? away also in, in, those in, spaces. That, in those spaces, yeah, mm -hmm. because I'm asked often uh, at Lycan we receive this request uh, for showing films in um, in an exhibition like Running in Loop for three months. Uh, I remember myself like 10 years ago insisting for them to show the film in an original format, um, pointing out that you don't show a poster of a Picasso painting, but the painting itself. And that the video copy of a film that was shot on 16 or 35 is a, is a copy. It's a different thing. But they, they don't bother anymore because uh, they need a technician, they need a 16-millimeter projector, they need a looper, they no longer know how to deal with this. And I don't even insist anymore. I just rent the uh, digital files because it's too much uh, fight and, and I can't convince them anymore. So, But we still have, uh, yeah, few uh, pretty known artists who still work on film, as you know. I mean, from Guzmão e Paiva here in, in Portugal to uh, Tassitadin in Great Britain. But uh, they're mostly coming from uh, the contemporary art world. And they have like those means that we don't have in the experimental cinema circles. Unfortunately, I'm not the right person to uh, contribute something to this because I've never been uh, attached to technique or uh, such things, it's not, it's not necessary for me. I always, uh, or we always, I think, go the, uh, the easiest way. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we can put it like that. But of course, it's not easy to, to work such a long, uh, it's really, really a long phase of research, sometimes a year, and then it's only a three-minute a three piece at the end. Um, but uh, the technical thing, um, yeah, it's not. Uh, I have so many friends who uh, love to hear LPs, and I'm, I'm, I don't understand that. So I'm not the right guy to <laughs> contribute here. Something. I I actually <laughs> live in a in a contradiction between the two points of views, mm -hmm. because but but there is something that you said uh, that uh, that I want to to bring, but just to explain this contradiction, because I want. I, I, I am in a place that I want to. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Nathaniel Dorsky, and I love to wait to be able to see uh, his films that are not in Carga Carga, for example. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> well, not in the. I, I never find. No, we're uh, fighting against it. But okay. No, but it's, it has been. <laughs> yeah, but there is something magical of of, of having that of, of this waiting to, to yeah yeah you to need see, to wait to, and to see wait it properly films. projected yeah. But at the same time, we are in a place and we are living in a world that also uh, and use an expression that you said they they don't bother anymore. I think they 
don't bother anymore about anything about That's about true. cinema in general and things are changing changing very fast if you if you even if you look to to festivals uh, Lucarno is not the same anymore what is happening in Rotterdam things are changing very fast mm. and I think we are in a point Exactly, and that's what I was going to say uh, in the other parts of the... Um, because I'm also, again, um, I want to live uh, right now in a place that we don't know where we're going, but that the things are, are changing. But I don't see that the things, uh, even if they are changing, we are not changing to anything. So the things are, for, for example, I, I believe that cinema, um, and even if, if we think about art house films, the more conventional art house films, um, are going to, to these platforms on, 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 on television, etc., etc. And you were talking about vertical images, be, uh, between vertical Im images and horizontal images. And there is something that I feel very funny on the television when they put a vertical uh, image, is that the television don't accept a vertical image. No. They always put like blurry... Blurry thing on the sides, yeah. It's Which funny. I think it's a contradiction. It's like a standard they put every time this... Exactly. It's really weird. Because we, we, we live a lot with these vertical images, but when we see in the format of a television that it's horizontal, we don't accept that the vertical images can be in a horizontal. Yeah. So when I'm saying that we are trying to change but we don't know where are we going. I'm talking about that, that we want to change, but we don't know exactly where are we going. Well, um, I think there are still, for me, it's still very important to show uh, analog film on analog. Mm. Super 8 and Super 8, 16 on 16, digital on di video on video, of course. Um, it's political, no? Yeah, it's yes. political. And there are, because the digitalization of the world uh, is programmed, was and is and keeps being pro uh, programmed. And we have a saying on that, <laughs> or we accept everything, but uh, I don't think we should. Uh, so, um, so there's, of course, limitations, and um, very difficult to find a good projectionist. And um, and institutions or film museums or um, cine clubs that uh, or micro cinemas that care, but there are still places and people that care. A few places, but very few now. And we should rely and support on them, and also, um, you know, create our own structures and become more autonomous. I think. Or ask for also uh, as as spectators, not just as filmmakers, but as spectators to ask for. Um, you know, to see films in their original format, um, to, to ask more. I don't. I don't see many asking, no, yeah, or yeah. or reclaim or complaining that uh, why are we looking at a digital file or a DVD instead of a, a print in in cinematics, for instance, in places that have the proje the project that they have the knowledge and the equipment. Well, the knowledge is going away at the cinematic as well. I mean, maybe not here, but in French cinematic, for instance, they got rid of the 16 millimeter projector, for instance, uh, like a few years ago already. So it uh, it depends. But well, I find it tiring after 15 years to go through those explanations all the time, especially with the young generation. I should maybe. Um, 
give be more patient and have take more time to explain. But I remember the other day I had like a class uh, from an Ivy League university uh, visiting. Uh, they have like those uh, fancy uh, workshops, like super eight filmmaking in Paris. Uh, so they were coming uh, for a visit at Lycon to see an archive and and we showed them different formats. Uh, we explained how you maintain an archive of 6,000 films, stuff like that. And, uh, and and they saw some films by Cécile Fontaine on a light table. So it's like fascinating, wow, most light by package. And then we project the film. And I remember the, the student very seriously, he came to me and he touched the projector and he said, wow, this is a new medium. Really? He said it very seriously. For him, that was like a discovery. And he was totally fascinated by the object itself. So maybe it's going to yeah, come mean, back uh, and, and DCP is going to disappear very soon. In, that happened in the screenings that I, that I started recently with Cinema Fulgor in Alentejo. So it's in a place, in different places in the, in the countryside, on the inland uh, at least. And, uh, They've it, never seen that before. Yeah, yeah, it was the first time for yeah. some spectators, uh, for some people to to see a 60 millimeter project a projection. Of course, the, the projector then becomes a you yeah. know, an, an o uh, really an object that they don't know if they look at the screen or <laughs> yeah, but it's an <laughs> at old the projector that is inside the room. It's or really an odd feeling because we, we it's not like we are 70 years old or uh, you know yeah. showing like the young generation. Uh, born like 15 years ago, that the, the stuff we were using yeah. in the past or whatever. So it's 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 very fast uh, rhythm. This just changes it from analog to well, digital. It's true, but it can also be, I mean, not reverted, but uh, uh, but can also be. I don't changes. Uh, yeah, exactly. There what, are what a lot of uh, artist uh, labs in Portugal. We are starting when. Which is in a you know, medieval tower in Porto and um, brings together quite a lot of filmmakers and uh, artist filmmakers. No, that's really the point. I mean, we, we keep on saying for the past 20 years that one doesn't have to uh, erase the, the other. So there's like cohabitation possible and both things are different and I'm not against digital. Uh, I like watching films also uh, on digital, <laughs> but I, sh I don't think we should, um, yeah, decide. Well, digital is coming, so analog should disappear basically. And and this is why I, in in a festival when you see all when you show all sort of films, I think uh, a, a very uh, big effort should be put on how the films are going to be projected. It's not fair to show an analog film like uh, slightly off, out of focus with like a wrong parallax and not enough light and then a DCP uh, in a superb conditions. Yeah. It's it's really like you feel like, yeah. you yeah, know. Sure. Yeah. yeah, festivals have a have a responsibility that they should also be aware of in, in that I mean, any any uh, exhibition um, space for that matter, yeah. I want to come, maybe we can combine that a little bit because it's, you know, th this question of doing things the right way, in a way, you know, is, is about also maintaining a little bit like the integrity of that space, of the cinema, you know, and, and, and in that case, your film. And then I want to maybe connect that to what you were saying, Georges, about the, you know, the the upright image not fitting into the other image, and and um, maybe ask you, um, Friederike, and, and your work with Neuzun, transposing those images 
those YouTube in images onto a cinema screen in the cinema space within a, in, within a festival. I w I'm wondering what that does to those images. Because there's a value, obviously, you know, we're talking about there's a, there's a value or a vali validity that is, that is um, kind of, that these images are. Um, belongs to some specific places. Yeah. Exactly, but also that sort of like seeing something on that big screen kind of validates an image or, you know, transforms it in a way. And especially maybe if that image wasn't made for that screen. So, um, yeah. So, normally those images, everyone has it on the phone or on the computer. So, um, the uh, the situation in the cinema is, of course, completely different because of the, the uh, size, as like every film. Uh, um, but. Um, I'm more interested in the question, uh, what is the difference uh, between a cinema screening and an art piece, for example, when you have the, the work in the gallery. And um, for us, it was really a new experience. We, come, we are coming from the art field and uh, studied art, uh, fine arts. And um, to watch the films, uh, there's sometimes we made a kind of installation, and there's also a version for the cinema. Uh, because the festivals are so nice and show show our films in the last years, uh, but the situation to sit in a chair and ca you cannot move, and you watch it, and, and you're forced uh, to watch it from the beginning until yes, the end. Yes, in a program with a with yeah, a with tons <laughs> of different things that you're with not fond of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we are really impatient people, and then. Uh, uh, before and after, maybe uh, in the worst case, there can be also an uh, animation out of uh, form or what it is in Knete. Uh, no, nothing against that, but it's very strange sometimes because you are only part of a curated program, and uh, sometimes it's yeah, it, it feels strange. So and. Um, when you are, you have the ability to move around. I think that's really the question. Can I decide by myself how long I would like to stay, or can I go away? Can I come back? Can I have the sound very loud? Can I have it more from the distance? That that are questions for me, very interesting and more so. And uh, concerning what you have said, and so it's it's absolutely okay that there. Are, for me, of course, it's okay. Uh, and for everyone else too, uh, that uh, there must be people to pres preserve those uh, old techniques and so on. But I do not know about what time span we are speaking here. I think if we are, it's, it's not about uh, to praise digitalization or something like that, also not in our films. But um, where are we going? So all together making films, who should it watch? Why? So that's our I think really, because we are only uh, uh, thinking, or in my case maybe only, of, of so small group of peoples, and uh, it would be yeah, maybe I'm lost, but yeah. <laughs> maybe we, that we should be doing films just for Netflix, or what, what do you mean exactly? No, 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 I don't talk about that. Uh, no, it was maybe uh, that, that was something that was um, that my question before kind of was. I was hoping to lead to that, you know, this the the question of reinserting these images then into that same yeah. online medium. Is that something you do? Like, how do you think of your audiences? Yeah. Like, for wh whom are you making these films for? I yeah. mean, that's a you know. Yeah. 
I'm making it for younger people, of course, also because I realized always in the cinema, uh, it's it's not it's not the, the the main goal to make it for younger people, of course not. But I realized that uh, the younger people are to, or today at the masterclass, uh, nobody knows about all the YouTube phenomena. There were some people they never heard about ASMR or something like that. I have to explain it, and I was really ast it was astonishing to me that um, there are. And uh, the younger people, younger, maybe, I don't know how old you have to be to know ASMR, but yeah. uh, um, there's so much going on, and uh, uh, I think it's uh, necessary to, to um, digest it again, those uh, pictures, because those we are in a flood of pictures all the all the days all every day and uh, i think one has to do something against that so but in in this uh, period of time where um, people have problems concentrating on something like you keep on changing the channel when you watch tv you keep on going from one website to the other don't you th find it interesting to to be stuck in a movie theater and to watch a film from the beginning until the end? I mean, I apparently you, you were... Of yeah. course, of course, there are films. It's absolutely necessary to do that, of course. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not only uh, to... I don't think about making everything accessible because of the impatience of the time, so that's, uh, that's not what I mean, but uh, to to stay connected, maybe you can think about that. I mean, in relation to that and to what you, you George, mentioned before um, about the uh, Dorsky films, uh, Nathaniel Dorsky, the waiting, waiting to see something, the longing for mm -hmm. uh, to see some uh, films no? that are not, uh, I think that's very important, that not everything is available or has mm -hmm. to be available at all times. Right away, yeah. Um, and, uh, that's something important uh, to But what I think it's funny, and you were talking about ASMR, ASMR videos, and what, what I think it's funny about ASMR videos, and this, I don't know if you know, these very long computer videos when someone is just talking to the audience of YouTube while they play for seven and eight hours, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people that they watch that for three, four, five hours mm -hmm. uh, in a row. But to see a 32-minute film of Nathaniel Darsky without sound, it's completely... It's very difficult for most it's people. It's very difficult, and it's something that it's... It's a completely different audience, right? But it always has been a different audience, right? I mean, yeah. we also, also shouldn't, um, yes, shouldn't imply that, I don't know, 15 years ago there were like uh, no, thousands of people going to Nathaniel Darsky screening. But my it's question always been specialized audience. Yeah. is what it's so relaxing about... Uh, watching ASMR, but it's not relaxing of being in a cinema that it's completely dark and just watching flowers in the sun. That's what I don't understand. Why is that, why is that so different? Where is the difference between the two? Yeah? Maybe that's the other side of um, accessibility. That, uh, um, that maybe films do not circulate enough. Also, certain, certain films. Yeah. Certain filmmakers, certain works are not uh, visible or are only visible in uh, specific contexts. 
Or uh, maybe if you finally put uh, Dorsky online, people are going to watch it like AS, ASMR, you know. The godfather of ASMR. <laughs> I'll tell him about it. I don't know if he's going to. But um, George, for you, I mean, you were you were you were talking about this situation being, you know, overwhelmed by images being on three channels at the same time while you're editing, um, and then. But you're you're using that, and and producing something that is made for for the cinema screen. So your interest in is in creating something for this concentrated situation, even though you are, kind of, using the kind of diffraction uh, um, as, a, as a source in a way. Yeah? Um, so, and that's also the sort of like, um, let's say the, um, now I'm lacking the word, this is, this is, this is what, you're, what you're going for. You wouldn't want, like, or are, are you also, would you also be interested in, in producing something that has a, takes this form, you know, this dispersed form? I, I love the um, I love the theater uh, room that it's something that I'm I'm very comfortable with, uh, which is right now actually it's it become it becomes um, almost political to do a film for a theater um, cinema because every time every time that I do uh, a film and. I, I think about myself as a, a filmmaker who does um, very very structural cinema and narrative. Uh, when I'm doing my films, I'm thinking that I'm, I'm doing narrative films. Um, but every time that I do a film, I have this constant uh, comment that my films should be more in a gallery than should be on the cinema. And so when I'm saying that, for me, to produce a film for a theater room, that it's political, it's also because of that. It's because when I'm creating my, 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 my projects, I'm working more with time than I'm working with space, if you can say that. Because when you, when you, have, a, when you have a video on, or an installation in a, in, a, in a gallery or in a museum, I think the relation with the space is much more intense than in cinema that is more related with time. As you said before, yeah. Exactly. And, and so I feel that I need to, 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 to be in a position that I want to say no, even if... if and, and, and you were saying that, um, that in, in images on the internet you can, or in the television, you can, you can change them very, very fast. And actually in, in Supernatural, I, I, I work a lot with that. I, I work with um, sequences that they are always changing and with different uh, formats. So to have the same type of experience that you have in TikTok, discovering new medium and discovering new things. And when you see it in the, the theater room, I guess most of the people don't have the same type of relation with that. It's just boring or it's just... Um, different to connect, or it's too much stuff. It's too, it's too much. It's hyper pop, or so it, it's strange that you have a different type of approach when you changing things by your own, exactly. and you don't. And I actually kind of like, and you were saying something similar, 
because in cinema you have the dictatorship of of of, of putting something to someone. Yeah, I want to maybe um, get back to this idea of you know the the question of circulation and and uh, and I think uh, Silvia, you are basically taking matters in your own hands in a way. You uh, you are the co-founder of um, cinema, the, a cinema, um, uh, a traveling cinema that um, kind of tries to bring the type of cinema that we are speaking about here to audiences that might not be exposed to it um, or don't, that might not have access to it so easily. Um, yeah, maybe you can talk about that project a little bit. Um. Okay, it's, um, Cinema Fulgor is the name of the traveling cinema um, with mobile roots. Um, it's in the region of Alentejo, southern Portugal, um, where I the film that I'm making now brought me to to live there, um, uh, to film and then to decide to choose to live in the countryside, and um, and there's no cinema, and I always went to the lived in cities and uh, went to, you know, to the cinematheque or the film museum every almost every night or, um, and um, I don't know I was astonished to see that. Uh, Film is not part of people's lives there, and in most places, perhaps. Um, and so I also wanted to to bring cinema to change this, to make something to change this. So you have a you have a van and a projector, and you project films on film. No, not no. yet, uh, or uh, maybe in the future. But I just uh, got my driving license now. Okay. <laughs> so that's the beginning. It's very recent. <laughs> so we, the way we started is that um, we are three filmmakers, uh, women filmmakers, uh, Rosana Torres and Elena Inverno, and me. We di we live in di uh, three different parts of Alentejo, and so we started with uh, screening the same film in these three different places. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then we have uh, the 16 projector 16 or, 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 or digital separate or digital when it's 16 I, we have to bring the projector okay. because the, there's no 16 in the in in the theater the yeah. cine theater the theaters or the places we the venues we screen and um, so we have these monthly screenings that where we screen films that have to do with the, with the countryside or with the rural uh, or struggles for the territory, for land, for water, for um, as a as a as a starting point, we decided that it would be important to show that we wanted to show films about the countryside uh, from the whole history of cinema and uh, with different cine geographies, um, and um, and that's it. And uh, and then we also have the. What we call in English maybe feral screenings, projections previous in Portuguese that are more that are screenings more that happen more spontaneously and uh, singular one-time screening that is you know by uh, Riverside or uh, um, I don't know 
Someone's so living room or a field or... Okay, so it's also about coming together uh, and, and watching... Oh, uh, I think films. cinema okay. is also... I mean, can be a very solitary experience. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but... <laughs> I see what you mean. computer, for example. <laughs> but it's also... It's a collective. It, you know, from yeah. the beginning, it, mm -hmm. it's a, a collective experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's... I don't want to see films, to watch films on, in my computer at mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Alone. Mm -hmm. That's. Uh, I want it to be so a collective kind of experience. Kind of very sad experience. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I yeah, mean. I yeah. So I. So that's really important to bring cinema to to people's lives mm -hmm. in into a territory where there's no cinema, and uh, mostly, or when when there's cinema, it's commercial cinema or very conventional at least, or a certain canon <laughs> of cinema. And um, and we want to speak about the films, not just show films. Mm -hmm. Share about them. Yeah. To share, yes. To bring the filmmakers whenever we can bring the filmmakers. Of course, we are doing this with uh, you know almost no funding uh, so far. Mm -hmm. So so it, it has been great that filmmakers want to come and join us from you know from from Italy. Elk Marofer was recently um, with us um, from Sicily. Um, Maria um, Maria Rojas and Andre Jurado also last month they were also Colombian filmmakers based in Lisbon uh, now they they were also with us and that's that's really I mean we can offer hospitality but we don't have much funding but still it's really worth uh, I mean definitely yeah, I think it's really worth the, doing this what have the reactions been so far so what how how is it uh, been taken up by the audience? I mean, sometimes we I mean it varies uh, on the film or on the circumstances. But uh, we had uh, sixty people already, uh, about sixty people, and uh, one screening we had one person, um, and uh, we have I don't know fifteen, twenty, thirteen about about this. But uh, it has always been. Uh, with the exception of <laughs> that one screening with just one one person, uh, it has always been really incredible to to be able to discuss. And uh, when um, one screening was, I mean, to show Straubier for the first time, uh, it's it's kind of a miracle <laughs> somehow the the experience of and having people um, go through it and and speak about it and reflect and. Um, sometimes, yeah, I mean, it has been really a good experience so far, but I wish to also to have more means to um, to bring films that often in, they are not in distribution or people or cinematics or film archives ask for so much money that it's impossible. And so I think they're should be different prices also for you know a festival a big festival a museum or a small you know traveling cinema mm -hmm. that is a really micro but is doing really i think in important political work of course uh, i think so too uh, especially in the yeah. countryside i think there's a big difference if you do this in the countryside or rural, rural areas or in cities mm -hmm. What do you think this program, for example, you showed, I don't know, the last year? Or could you also uh, 
would it be possible to show it, for example, here in Lisbon or in Berlin? What do you think? It's for completely, sure. Yeah, you can show it, but it's a completely different reception, right? Yes. Um, I mean, yes, yes and no. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of work to be done and also to, to reach uh, local people, mm -hmm. for the villagers, mm -hmm. or, because the countryside is also changing, uh, changing a lot. Yeah, it's not about stereotypes about the countryside. Yes, the, the, the yes. I mean, there are many uh, foreigners mm -hmm. and many, mm -hmm. you know, people like like me who, mm -hmm. have, you know, I always lived all my life. I lived in cities mm -hmm. until I, you know, chose to to live there before the pandemic, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because with the pandemic also many people decided to leave the cities mm -hmm. and uh, those who could, I guess. Uh, and move to the countryside. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot to be done to reach. I think there's sometimes, I mean, we, we print posters, so it's very important that, uh, as an analog person also, it's very important to have printed posters every time uh, that we go over the village or the town and um, put in cafes and distribute. Um, we also have, you know, Instagram, a web page, all that, but uh, Word, uh, mouth of, word, mouth of word? Uh, word of mouth. Word of mouth, yes, thank you. <laughs> In my English. Uh, word of mouth works really well. Sometimes mm -hmm. I have to really, mm -hmm. you know, invite yeah, people nice. so that they... they, they friends. They, not just friends, people that uh, when I'm putting yeah. the posters uh, yeah. on, I, I speak to people. Oh, this is a cinema this Saturday. Why don't, why don't you come? And it's about this and, uh, and that. And, uh, um, because many people think it's not for them. Yeah. yeah. No? Yeah. Even if they see all these nice posters, it's definitely not for them. Be or they cannot relate to it. Yeah. Sometimes. And uh, so there's a lot that I'm... It's also a learning experience for, for, for us in Cinema Fulgor how to, how to make films and show films in the, in the countryside and, f in, and for whom. The, the communities are different. There are several communities. Uh, coexisting, not just, uh, yeah. I think this work of also, I think I'm, I'm not mistaken when I say that the films that you make, they have their, the main part of their life is within the festivals, right? So they show in a lot of festivals and there's this cycle of festivals, you know, that they, they show new films and then they need the new films and so, Institutions like Lightcone or also Arsenal in Berlin that uh, organizes the uh, Form Expanded that I work for are trying to kind of maintain these films and have them also yeah, still be Isn't available. it interesting sometimes this fashion phenomenon of certain films going to every single festival, yeah. but yeah. then two years afterwards they arrive at Lightcone or yeah. Arsenal? And then they yeah. they never rent it, yeah. but I think that's and some others they don't go to festivals yeah. at all, and yeah. then five years later they become classics. Yeah. They are rented yeah. every year like ten times yeah. for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, but that's a function of them being also available, you know. To so yeah. that's I mean it's, it's uh, that's distribution uh, in this field is something that is crucial, I think, also because it's not something that filmmakers can always do themselves, and it's good to have you know these spots where people who are seeking this out go to. But then there's also the, the question, and I think that's why this uh, initiative is so great, you know, that there also need to be the venues that show this, this film, these films, and, and not just in the cities where also the festivals happen. Yeah. Right? So, um, so um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you, Friedrich, you already said, you know, talked about your ambivalent, let's say, experience of showing your films in festivals, but um, that would be something also that I would be interested in in, in hearing from you about this, this sort of e economy of the of the festival circuit and how how that, um, yeah, what implications that has for you as as uh, producers of the, of the works also. Yeah. I don't know who wants to. For us, it's absolutely good. I, I love it <laughs> because um, it's uh, way more efficient to show films for us, in, in our case, to show them in the festivals because we have this uh, point system in Germany, short film funding, and uh, we didn't know that. We, we are making films now, I think, about over 10 years, and uh, we, we get these informations, I think, maybe two years ago or something like that. <laughs> because in the art field never told you about uh, this film funding thing. <laughs> no one told you. And uh, so I'm really happy and I'm really thankful uh, for all the film festivals uh, that have shown us and uh, make it possible that our films get such a, a big audiences. Uh, I think that this wouldn't happen in the art scene maybe one day or so, I don't know, but not in that... Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe to explain further, so one of the funding schemes in Germany is that if you are invited to certain festivals, you get points, and if you accrue enough points, then you get funding for that sort of almost like an. I mean, I don't know. It's maybe wrong. Only in Germany. Yeah. It's maybe a, a little bit um, uh, too uh, abbreviated, but it's almost kind of like an automatism. Like if you, you know, so then you get a certain amount of money as funding. Yeah. Be installed in other countries too. Really That's a good idea. You heard yeah, it here I first. It. <laughs> I, I think it's very perverse. I'm sorry. Uh, all this system. No, no, no. It's not that perverse like it sounds, maybe, because it's too <laughs> shortened up. Because um, every people in, I, I think it works like that. Maybe we can cut that out later when it's wrong. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, every uh, people who is, uh, everyone who is going to the cinema. Uh, uh, put a very small amount in this big uh, market. Is that right? And this is the money where the money comes from. And it's, uh, um, isn't it right? Uh, it's the percentage to everybody yeah. when he pays his ticket, puts so like a little bit of money in yeah. the basket of that. Yeah. But of course, it's, I mean, I guess it's, you could say that it's maybe fair amongst sort of like those people who can claim it, but then the, being able to claim it is still predicated on being invited to the festival. And that's, that's of course, you know, okay. the other hurdle that is installed there. And if we're speaking about this sort of self-perpetuating system of films, certain films going to every festival, it m might also become a problem to actually access that, that uh, you know, being accepted into a festival yeah. and then finally having access to that type of funding. It's not the only funding mm -hmm. possibility, yeah. of course, but it's one uh, that's there. Yeah. And it's also yeah. a very small part when you think about the big uh, uh, film fundings all over mm -hmm. the world. This is such a small uh, amount of money for short film. It's, it, I've talk, I'm talking about short film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, regarding festivals, I, re I really think they need to change. All, all of this economy and the way films are shown and, and chosen and, and circulated. Um, I mean, personally, and uh, it's not, it was not always like this, but I, well, I guess I always felt a bit in, uncomfortable with the competition 
with the that uh, showing a film in a festival, uh, most festivals, no, there are others who, who are non-competitive. Uh, I just think it's 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 wrong. We should not. Uh, uh, films should not be in in competition with uh, yeah. with other films yeah. and uh, and the, all this logic uh, of premieres and the film in festivals um, class A class B this I, is I totally agree with you I, this has nothing to do I, with I cinema okay no sorry, with only, films only with short uh, note I, w I wasn't talking about competition mm. uh, it is it is only if your film is shown at the festival or oh, is it part is it always necessary to be in the competition to get a point mm, depends on the okay festival, you think, should yeah. know better yeah <laughs> well if you're shown in But I've been, yeah, I totally agree with you, 100%. I've been fighting against festivals for like the past 15 years. And there was a polemics here, apparently. Uh, yeah. You faced that. Someone who made a film who put like this carton board uh, saying stop putting friends uh, in competition together or something like that. You, you haven't heard about it? Yeah, here, uh, the premiere of the film was... Uh, yeah, this is um, this is uh, super perverse. But what she's telling is a different thing because my my fight was always about the fact that uh, to enter this festival world, you need to pay fees, uh, to pay fees, uh, submission fees, uh, and if you or be invited, or be invited in then yeah yeah, but you don't have to pay fees. Yeah, some people, they're already in the system, so they're invited, they have fee waivers and stuff like that. But otherwise, the filmmakers, they pay fees. And if you want a, your film to circulate, you need to send it to like 50 festivals or something, which represent like one, two, three thousand euros. It's, it's quite a bit of money in the end. And to get the privilege that uh, a programmer is going to watch your film, but probably not select it. And then if you're selected, uh, you're in competition, and uh, so you're happy because your film is going to be shown, okay. But then uh, the system is super capitalistic because uh, the, the film who is going to get the award is going to get everything. So it's, it's really like the logics of the winner takes it all. So all the, the other films, they don't exist. And the winner who got the award, he gets all the money. And uh, there's always this th this thing about, um, so you pay a fee at the beginning, but uh, the person working for the festival, they get a salary. The projectionist, he, get, he gets paid. The people uh, se selling the tickets at the entrance, he gets paid. Everybody gets paid but the filmmaker. What kind of festival do you do without uh, films or without filmmakers? So to me, the logic is like totally wrong. The first person who should get paid for making new films or for producing new, making new prints, like if you work analog, it costs you quite a bit, should be the filmmakers. So the logic is totally inversed. So when like also in all cultural uh, institutions, yeah. So not that I want to. No, no, no. But I, mean, <laughs> I know yeah. you work for film no, no, festival. I, no, I, 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 I agree that there's a there's a problem with uh, with the renumeration of the filmmakers. Um, I just also don't want us to forget that most of the festival workers work quite precariously as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, unremunerated labor that goes into also putting on the, the, or putting the structure in place that shows the film. So, um, yeah, but, but of course, mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, agree with you 
that um, that it's uh, that's that it's a bit lopsided that the filmmakers are not even in consideration in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I guess it works for it's especially I think problematic or a concern also within the field of this independent filmmaking that is done with very little to no money and sort of self-financed uh, um, bigger productions. That's the logic that is applied to that. So the bigger productions have that budget in there. They have that budgeted, right? Anyway, that they yeah. that they have money for promotion and this type of stuff. And it becomes complicated when that logic is applied to to this other field within the the cinema community. Um, that is absolutely uh, true. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's uh, I uh, I think it, but it should be like a sort of like a, an effort from all sides to kind of change that because it's also. Uh, working in the festival world, I also know how you know how much how precarious that and is how yeah how well. difficult it is and how many people work for free yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly uh, okay how do we turn this around uh, yeah <laughs> are we done or? <laughs> well on the side on the side of the filmmakers yeah. I think it's uh, it's also up to us to refuse mm -hmm. working and showing films in these conditions mm -hmm. um, no. In, uh, for in cinema fulgor on the other side, I want. I really wanted to. We really wanted to show a, f a certain film that uh, we had read about, and it was really pertinent in the um, meaningful. But it didn't. It, it didn't have gone through the festivals yet, so it could not be shown in the countryside. In you this have to small wait. village, yeah. Do you have to give the priority to the festivals? It's crazy. No, and it was a super. Supposedly political film filmmaker, uh, and uh, what about the politics of distribution yeah. or, or sharing, sharing the work or making the work visible in in places where there are no no film festivals? Mm -hmm. No, it's like uh, the whole festival premiere thing is uh, but that, difficult mm, to handle. On the side of filmmakers, perhaps that's the first thing we need to to say. Yeah, to but yeah, I agree. No, that's but when you. I guess you don't work with a producer, I'm not working no. with a producer, we work by, by ourselves. Mm -hmm. But some other people, they need to travel, they have like a production company, and we don't know how much pressure they have for them to get a premiere at the Berlinale or at uh, a, an important festival. So they'd be very interested in projecting their films uh, in, in your mechanism, but uh, the people behind, they say, no way. You need to wait, and so it's really like intricate, and it's it's complicated to yeah. to fight against that. Yeah, I I feel that it, in to be to be political, we need to be privileged, and I I I, I there are mm, I, I believe that there are many people that they cannot say no, for example, and it's related with this with this pressure and this pressure of being successful and and, and I'm not saying that I, 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 I believe in that. I'm saying that at the same time I, I, I understand a lot of people that they that they accept, for example, to have the premiere on a, on a festival. but but I can say that because I'm, I'm already a privilege to have just to to have some contacts, to have some to 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 ask things. But there are people when they are, for example, when they are when they are starting, 
that they are very afraid of of of, of not doing of failing, and and we we also need to 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 think about that. For example, um, in this film uh, that I'm that I that I that I just did, I we showed two versions of the editing in two places of Portugal. And what we did was that we called it um, pre-premiere, uh, yeah. <laughs> or a pre-editing, well, or an editing, or changing the title, changing or... It'll do. Yes, of course. <laughs> so I, I think it, it's very complex, and it goes beyond uh, the festivals. It, it, it goes much beyond the festivals. Uh, it goes from the central, uh, where, where, the, where the, the money comes from, uh, this and, uh, and related to uh, what we were saying, that the problem is that when you have success, you have even more success and even more success, and you, you don't, you can maybe you, you don't stop if, if if you if you if you go like that. And we need to to find something that it's more horizontal, that it's not so vertical. That uh, again, the horizontal and the vertical images, but now in the in the society, we need to find something that's that that works for for more people and that more people have possibilities of 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 working and showing but it's very complex yeah and it's totally mixed up i think because uh, also the uh, short film funding i was talking about um uh, depends on the idea that a short film is only a short film because one day you will make a feature film yeah, exactly. and uh, that that's the idea behind mm -hmm. all that and uh, we, as experimental artists, took this money. <laughs> uh, we'll never make a feature film. <laughs> you, you take the money and run. Out, <laughs> so that is uh, that's going on in Germany. And how uh, are you doing this at Arsenal? Not at Arsenal. At um, uh, Forum Expanded. Um, do the films have to be premieres? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, not in the sense that yeah they have to be premieres. That is the thing. So we we benefit. So maybe to explain a little bit. So forum and forum expanded. Those two sections of the Berlinale are independently um, organized by Arsenal Institute for Film and Video Art, a cinema tech space that also has a big uh, film archive and runs a cinema in in, in Berlin called the Arsenal, um, and. Uh, as such, but we are part, but it's part of Berlinale, and Berlinale has this that what uh, Sylvia was talking about this A festival status, with, which comes with certain um, regulations and conditions that the festival has to abide by to keep the standard. One of them being the premieres, um, but this is mostly the case for the competitive sections, and there are certain competitive sections within the festival of which which Forum and Forum Expanded are not. So here the premieres are not as important, but it's still European premieres, not world premieres, which is still makes it, you know, um, complicated, especially if it's within this, you know, there are people, of course, like the, if you if you are considering yourself a filmmaker, by a certain point, you know about these rules and you either, you know, I mean, maybe uh, reluctantly, but you kind of play by them and then you know, okay, so you're planning out your strategy, whatever, you know, going, applying here first and then there and da, da. But lots of people also don't know that. Uh, maybe people that come more from the art field, they're not as uh, well versed in how, how festivals work. So it sometimes you know, creates problems. And, it's, and it creates problems also, of course, for the filmmakers who then have to make a decision, yeah. uh, either go there or there. 
whereas um, you know I mean realistically speaking the audiences are not like the 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 overlap of audiences between the bigger festivals might be there in the professional field but not so much in the audiences yeah, themselves so it's sometimes um, yeah it's 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 all it's it's never great when uh, we have to um, tell filmmakers that they have to make that decision because they have also been invited to, let's say, Rotterdam yeah. Film Festival. Okay, no, like no, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Rotterdam is close here yeah. to Berlin. Yeah. So, but also there, this is these rules are somewhat tied to the funding we get to do this. So it's sort of like it trickles down and it goes into all the all the different um, uh, nooks and crannies of the system, and. At the same time, also, I think the filmmakers that we are able to show, they then, but then also benefit from being part of that Berlinale structure, because we have, just by by virtue of being part of this, this um, enormous festival, we have a ready-made audience for the, these films, and we can try to, you know, expose people to stuff that is different from what's going that's on true. in the, on the red carpet. So, and that's also what I see as one of our sort of. Um, tasks, you know, that something that we provide within that festival. But, you know, all the uh, criticism of how it works uh, and, and the details, you know, is very well taken. It's, uh, yeah. What about the art world? Is it better? I don't think so. <laughs> I do not know nothing about the art world. <laughs> not really. It, it's absolutely not better. No, but Everyone, it's, it's old, not better old, at all. Wherever you look, uh, it's compact competition. Yeah, and it's also the thing about, um, I don't know about your films that I've, I've never seen, but about radical experimental cinema field that, that we promote and defend at Lycon. We feel that we're... Um, in between two big monsters, that is the the, the market of um, fiction film Hollywood and and this huge dinosaur, mm -hmm. and on the other side the contemporary art world. And every time we are trying to get funding, we go to uh, like a, a, a contemporary art place, and they're gonna tell us, uh, well, no, you guys are doing cinema. You should go to uh, to the the other door and uh, <laughs> over there. And then we go there, and they say, you guys are doing like art. It's not films. You should go uh, to the other corridor, and it's just so basically in the end you just get the crumbs of everything but if you get something. It's also very related to the festivals. Uh, for some, uh, I think many festivals, that uh, I'm often feeling, with, uh, for example, festivals who shows also narrative films and artistic, more artistic film or experimental film. That's often and documentary. such and documentary. It's such a, a strange mix often, and uh, uh, I, I wish sometimes it would be more um, concentrated on, on the I smaller fields. No, maybe I know? don't know about that because uh, yeah, we have like a few festivals that are more specific, showing analog films and stuff. But I was making some research recently for you know for the forty years uh, forty years of Lycon that we're gonna celebrate in June in Paris. I'm going to show uh, the ballet mechanic by Fernand Léger. And uh, I made some research about how the film was shown at the time. And there's this cliche about uh, the first uh, avant-garde films from the 20s, 
with like uh, Dulac and Chomet uh, and then Man Ray and, and Fernand Léger and Duchamp all together. But for instance, Fernand Léger, he, he had like the same conception of cinema as uh, Kubelka. Kubelka, you know, he says, I'm not doing experimental films. Uh, you guys are doing ex uh, commercial films. I'm just making films. So this this way of uh, seeing uh, different forms of cinema as being the same thing. And the ballet mechanique, for instance, we're going to reproduce the, the first, the premiere of the ballet mechanique. The, the word probably didn't exist at the time, but uh, which which happened not in Paris, but in Vienna, strangely. And uh, Fernand Léger liked showing his own film. So Ballet Mechanics is like the monument of avant-garde film, with like a Charlot from the from the tenth and uh, a Commandant film, scientific film about the circulation of blood in uh, some strange insects. And going with like an animation film, we're also showing a western from the the 1912 shot in Camargue in the south of France. So all types of cinema, it's going to be fun and I think interesting to, th to consider cinema as a whole in itself. I mean, and at, at their best, maybe festivals can be a place where that happens. Yeah, um, exactly. And um, it's on all of us to make sure that they are and stay. Let's make the world better. Yes. <laughs> um, shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Yes. I think so. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Very Thanks nice talking uh, to, to you. You were well, well, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just as much a guest as you are. <laughs> Thank you to the festival for setting this up, and um, thanks for listening. I guess. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>